Salvete omnes, welcome to the AP Latin Podcast. The goal of this podcast will be to cover the lines from Caesar's De Bello Gallico and Virgil's Aeneid that are found on the AP Latin curriculum. Each two-part episode will cover a selection of lines from Caesar and Virgil. I will present the Latin and English of the text, providing relevant clarification, background, and cultural information that will help put the readings in their proper context. I encourage you to read along with me as you listen to the Latin and to use the English as a way to check your understanding rather than relying on the English for understanding. Each episode will conclude with some essential questions to consider as you process through the meaning of the text. Parati eamos. AP Latin Podcast, Episode 1A, De Bello Gallico, Book 1, Chapter 1. In this episode, you will learn that a geography lesson about ancient Gaul is exactly as riveting as you would expect it to be, and that having nice things makes you weak. Gallia est omnis divisa in partes tres, quorum unam in colunt belgae, Aliam Aquitani, tertiam quipsorum lingua Celtae nostra Galli appellantur, i omnes lingua institutis legibus inter se differunt. Gallos ab Aquitanis garumna flumen, a Belgis matrona et sequana dividit. Horum omnium fortissimi sunt Belgae, propteria quad a cultu atque humanitate provinciae longissime absunt, minime que ad eos mercatores saipe comeant, Atque ea quae ad effeminandos animos pertinent important. Proximique sunt Germanis, qui transrenum incolunt, quibiscum continenter bellum gerunt. Quade calsa helvetii quoque reliquos gallos virtute praecedunt, quod fere cotidianis proleis cum Germanis contendunt, cum aut suis finibus eos prohibent, aut ipsi in eorum finibus bellum gerunt. Eorum unapars, quam gallos ob tenera dictum est, initium capit a flumine rodano, continetur garumna flumine, oceano, finibus belgarum, attingit etiam ab sequanis et helvetiis flumen renum, vergit ad septentriones. Belgae ab extremis galliae finibus oriuntur, pertinent ad inferiorum partem fluminis reni, spectant in septentrionem et orientem solem, Aquitania, ad Gorumna Flumine ad Pyreneos Montes, et eam partem Oceani quaest ad Hispaniam pertinent. Spectat inter Ocasum Solis et Septentriones. All Gaul is divided into three parts, of which the Belgae inhabit one, the Aquitani another, the third, those who in their own language are called Celts, and ours Gauls. These all differ amongst themselves in language, customs, laws, the Garonne River divides the Gauls from the Aquitani. The Marne and Seine Rivers divide them from the Belgae. Of all of these people, the bravest are the Belgae, because they are farthest away from the culture and humanity of the province, and least often merchants travel to them and bring in those things which pertain to effeminating minds. And they are neighbors to the Germans, who dwell across the Rhine, with whom they continually wage war. For which reason the Helvetians also surpass the rest of the Gauls in Virtus, because they contend with the Germans in almost daily battles, when either they prohibit them from their own borders, or they themselves wage war in their borders. One part of these, which is said to contain the Gauls, takes its beginning from the Rhone River. It is contained by the Gorumna River, by the ocean, by the borders of the Belgae. It reaches towards the north. The Belgae arise from the farthest borders of Gaul. They extend to the lower part of the Rhine River. They look into the north and the east. Aquitania extends from the Garonne River to the Pyrenean Mountains and that part of the ocean that extends towards Hispania. It looks between the west and the north. 
The text here is pretty straightforward. Caesar is presenting a geographic description of Gaul for his audience. And if you look on a modern map, Gallia is what is roughly modern-day France. The Belgae, Aquitani, and Celtae, or Galli, are large territorial and people group divisions, and inside these territories would be tribes such as the Helvetii. Hispania is Spain, and the Pyrenees are the Pyrenees Mountains, which separate the Iberian Peninsula from France. Renum is the Rhine River, Garumna is the Garonne, Matrona is the Marne, Sequana is the Seine, and Rodanus is the Rhone River. Directionally, Septentriones is the north. You probably recognize the root for seven inside this word. This is because the word refers to the seven stars that make up Ursa Major, the Big Dipper. Because of the constellation's proximity to the north star, the word took on the meaning of this direction. Orientum Solis means east, and Ocasum Solis means west for the directions of sunrise and sunset. And the Latin word pertinet, which Caesar uses several times in this section, has a double meaning of both pertain to, when referring to effeminating minds, and to stretch or extend, when referring to territories. But there is more to this section of text than just geography, names, and directions. Because the genre is that of a war commentary, Caesar is giving reports to the Senate and the people about the progress of his campaigns. So his focus will be different from that of other genres, like epic poetry, as we will see with Virgil. It's important to see how Caesar crafts his narrative to depict events in a way that make himself look good. And the text is written with intentionality. Caesar, as a politician and a general, was always looking for ways to shape his public image. He was always trying to keep himself in the forefront of Roman minds and public consciousness, even when he was not present in the city and Caesar uses some of the introduction of his commentary to set up expectations for future episodes. One thing of note in this section is what Caesar says about the strength of the Belgae. Caesar presents two reasons for their being fortissimi. First of all, that they are located farthest from the Roman province, and because of this, merchants don't visit them as often, bringing things quae ad effeminandos animos pertinent. There may be a little bit of an indictment in here against the luxuries of Rome and the effect of those things on Roman toughness. Although Caesar himself was known to enjoy a few luxuries of his own, including fancy shirts and senators' wives, so maybe not so much. Really, the purpose behind what Caesar says here is to make sure his audience viewed these people as barbarians. They are so far removed from anything resembling, quote, humanity, that they don't even have the culture from the province which a Roman urbanite would probably see as backwater, like a New Yorker might look at the rural south. So a modern way of saying something similar might be, they are removed from those luxuries that weaken the spirit of a person, like shoes, or indoor plumbing, or air conditioning, or flip phones. And your expected response, cultured urbanite that you are, might be, oh dear, how dreadfully barbarous. Secondly, Caesar depicts these people as in almost constant warfare, further adding to the picture of barbarian-ness that he is painting of the Belgae. Caesar also takes this opportunity to name-drop the Helvetii as winning second place in the Gallic Toughness Challenge. Remember these people because they will play a central role in the next couple chapters. Caesar also tosses in an important word, virtus. From time to time in these episodes, there will be Latin words that I leave untranslated in my English reading, simply because English does not have an equivalent word that can capture the same meaning. Virtus, in Latin, literally means manliness, but it refers to all of those qualities of character that are expected of a Roman man—courage, bravery, virtue, valor, etc. 
So it's important to read this section as Caesar creating a setting for the audience and beginning to craft an enemy for his war. As objective as Caesar tries to make his accounts sound, especially things like using third person, he is using this commentary as an intentional political and military tool. Always keep this in mind as you read Caesar. As we close out the episode, here are some essential questions to consider. Considering his audience and purpose, why would Caesar begin his report on Gaul with an overview of who lives there and where they live? Why would a general need to be aware of language, customs, and laws of an enemy people? Caesar talks at length about the bravery of the Belgae. What message does Caesar seem to be sending about the relationship between bravery and luxuries? Caesar places great emphasis on the importance of virtus, as we discussed earlier. How does this theme recur throughout Caesar's commentary? Gratias ago pro ascoltando, valete.